Today on the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about connecting with the larger self, talk about presence, and talk about how to really connect with ourselves in relationship and connect with others in relationship in a real way. We've been talking a lot about the small self and what, what it is like, you know, which is also referred to as our ego and some of the things that it says and how it can control and direct our behavior. And we wanted to take this episode and, and talk a little bit more about how to connect with the larger self. Um, in previous podcasts, we've talked about talked about being able to give a voice to the small self and connect with it, or at least be able to observe it. And want to reiterate that the purpose of that, being able to step back and be kind of an observer of the small self, is so that we can differentiate from it. We've talked about kind of educating it, learning from it, guiding it like a parent would a child and inherent in that kind of stance toward the small self is being able to step back and become kind of our larger selves, become a, a more mature or more developed being that's in observance of the small self, and so in doing that, it's possible for us to connect with our truest self, or more true self, which uh, we're calling the larger self. And so um, once we once we kind of have identified and maybe helped the small self articulate itself and, and what it says, um, we can connect more with our larger self. And, and uh, there are some ways that we can do that. We'll, we'll get to some practical ways that we can actually get to know our fullest or largest self. And um, yeah, but I thought it might be good just to kind of start with talking about, again, why is this important? And um, a lot of us just have a lot of uh, noise going on in our heads. Um, it might be worry. It might be guilt. It might just be all of the impulses and feelings that we have every day. And, and uh, we, we definitely have this kind of running commentary going on in our minds um, that represents the small self. And... Um, it's difficult. It presents difficulty for a lot of people. It, it uh, you know, it creates a lot of anxiety for people. Um, our worries are always are always sort of cycling in our heads. Um, it also creates a lot of our disorganization or the feeling of like chaos that's going on in our heads or inside ourselves. And and uh, so all of us, I think, experience that to some degree or another and so the purpose of 
connecting with your larger self would be to sort of be able to quiet down and even organize some of those thoughts and some of your inner experience. And um, yeah, so some of the things that we've been talking about might sound a little bit nebulous. They might sound a little bit vague, but we're going to try to give some words to the experience of the larger self. Um, but does that make sense, Brandon, that um, we're trying to go from that all that constant chatter that goes on inside of ourselves and get to maybe a more a little bit more peaceful kind of inner experience? Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's kind of what we've been talking about the last couple of podcasts, is just kind of uh, maybe laying a little bit of a foundation for for what that is and what some of the the main ingredients of that um, are, and uh, you know, I think we're just continuing to to kind of do our best to to talk more about that. You know, I, th- I think you're right. There's and this larger self can seem um, abstract and, and and nebulous, but I think that's why a conversation around it is good, um, because the more conversation um, that is had around this 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 topic or this concept or this experience, um, I think the the better we're able to kind of uh, grab a hold of this dialogue and actually be able to kind of discover that we inherently absolutely know what that is. Um, it's, it's, it's in us all of the time. Uh, and so I, th- you know, that's why I think dialogue and conversation around it is good. It just kind of reminds us that it's already there and inherently we just know and we can start to, uh, strengthen our connection to it mm-hmm. and start to express that and start living from that point point more consistently yeah so it's not something that you necessarily have to go out and find elsewhere it's something that already exists within you for everyone yeah it's not a getting this isn't a getting game you know this isn't at all what we're talking about this isn't a getting game this is an uncovering game. This is a, yeah. a discovery, explorative process, not a getting game. This isn't some getting something that you don't have or that isn't in you. Or that is outside of you. Right. Yeah, I like to think of it as everybody has maybe this small flicker of a flame of the presence inside them. Or... Um, it's just a, a small space within us that we need to let expand. Mm. And so often the small self is sort of taking up all the space. Yeah, it, I, li- I really like that, that analogy. It's almost like, you know, when you're, when you're in the wilderness and you're going to start uh, a fire, literally, you know, sometimes maybe even for, for survival, but you're starting with just an ember. You know, that, and we want to, we hope, we, we want that ember to, to grow, um, 
and continue to gain strength. And I think that that's a great analogy. Using the flame. I also might think of it as sort of this this liquid substance that is within us, and as we sort of give it space and maybe quiet down the small self, it sort of seeps through your entire being to where it's something that's more in control, something that's just more present in your whole being and it itself can maybe quiet down the small self without us even intending Mm -hmm. to do that but naturally as it takes up more space in your in yourself um, the small self quiets down because the larger self is more powerful so I think um You know, we've been talking about the the voice of the small self and all that it says and all the space that it takes up. And I think um, we're just talking about kind of opening up some more space in our lives for the presence, for us to be able to experience our ourselves, connect with ourselves, connect with the larger consciousness, and even... Uh, connect with other people and be able to receive them and I think that's a helpful way for me to think about it Um, just because uh, sometimes when we think about meditation or contemplation which are the practices that kind of help us connect with ourselves and the larger self they seem like things that you just do by yourself and they seem like kind of an emptying out of yourself, which to me sometimes feels a little bit like a lonely enterprise. Um, but actually what we're, what we're talking about here is not go, going off, you know, to the wilderness and being alone and then emptying yourself of all your thoughts and feelings and just being nothing and, and disconnected. <laughs> That's one way. <laughs> That's one way you can do it. But, um, but the goal, the ultimate goal, is really connection with yourself. It's connection with the larger self and even being able to connect with other people better. Sure. Yeah, you're con- hopefully the, the end result is that you're starting to just recognize that, you know, the your presence is, is connecting with the same presence in someone else or... Or nature, it's, you know, the, the same presence is shared in all of us. Yeah, so when we start to think about the things that we can do practically to connect with the presence within ourselves, to connect with the larger presence, and even to be able to connect with others, you know, I'd, I'd really like to hear about kind of your experience of starting to do that, how you started to do that and, and what happened. But I think for all of us, and this is where the, the small self comes in again, when we start to sort of, you know, get ourselves alone, start to try to meditate or get into a contemplative practice, um, that's when all of those anxieties and that's when the small self 
presents itself. Um, when you try to quiet your mind, you'll notice that uh, the small self starts to chatter, and uh, you know you'll start to experience all the things that you need to get done, or just uh, even some of your your deepest fears come up in some different ways. Um, when we get down to you know our realest deepest self, that's where those fears reside as well. And so, you know, there has to be some kind of dealing with them. And that's, that's kind of what we've been talking about when we talk about dealing with the small self. But, um, is that true for you too, that you, uh, when you, when you started to do some of these mindful meditative practices that, um, your small self really started to try to gain control? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I think, I think it's important to talk about maybe even why I decided to even start doing that. And, you know, I think as, as humans, we, you know, we continue on down the road, you know, until there's a certain level of discomfort or, or suffering or pain that's being experienced. And then once that gets uh, to, to a certain level of uncomfortability, there's a recognition that something needs to change, which I think is good because then we, you know, once, once, we, once we hit that point and we decide to kind of take a different approach, um, it, in that moment, then we kind of have this opportunity to kind of change our, ex, our, our experience to one that's much more oriented uh, towards being, being a learner or the observer or the witnesser or the experiencer, which is, which is very different than, um, kind of going to our daily motions, just having things happen to us. It's almost more of a kind of like a victim type experience. So for me, I think, you know, I had just gotten to this point to where, you know, I, you know, there was a certain level of discomfort or pain and suffering that really led me to the point to where I, I wanted to change my position to things. And so, um, yeah, when I decided to kind of turn some of that energy inward, um, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's pretty amazing what uh, the noise that, that, that you'll hear, you know, and um, all of the information that you can get and all of the learning that you can get. And you know, once you take that, that learner position, you're, you know, hopefully we're, we're willing to learn um, what we need to learn, even if the information isn't pleasant, because a lot of times it isn't, you know, there it's um, that inner roommate in our mind that's always chattering. You know, 
not always not always not always is he saying the most pleasant things or have or after the most whole things in life so yeah i mean yeah. it was the, the beginning part of that i think was 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 not the most pleasant but um you know i think along the process it it gets it gets a little bit easier from oh geez i i opened i opened the curtains to this stage and i really don't enjoy the play that's happening behind the curtain but you know i what you know uh, consciously deciding to keep the curtains open to watch what's happening mm-hmm. um, although it starts in maybe uh, doesn't feel so pleasant that in the beginning the longer we I think we consciously are doing that then the deeper and deeper and deeper we go into and the more rooted we we become in being just the observer or the witness of kind of what's happening which is really important for us it it, it moves us out of a, a victim kind of orientation and gives us a lot more opportunity to uh, not only learn and observe but become um, more complex and robust beings um, and have more mm-hmm. options to do things um, differently and at some point, then once you, I think you're deeply rooted enough in the observer kind of position, then you start just recognizing as everything is just being information that can be useful. Mm-hmm. Emotion is information. Yeah. You know, um, the roommate, the, the inner roommate in our mind that's always talking is just information. You can observe and learn from exactly that information. Yeah. You're talking about observing your what's going on just inside yourself, sure, and your responses to the your environment. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Then I think once that starts to, you know, if 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 we can be resilient enough in that process to just constantly engage in that process, then things do kind then we do they do settle down a little bit, and then what happens is is that you know I think you said that nicely where there's more once that quiets down then there's there's more space in our consciousness to experience something bigger yeah and and grander so yeah one of the some of the things that people sometimes encounter though when they start to kind of get in touch with their deeper selves is some some of these the core fears that we that we talk about a lot with people um, you know if you start to kind of quiet down the small self and all the chatter that it does um, you know you might you might have these feelings of inadequacy you might have these feelings of I'm not good enough um, you can also have these thoughts or feelings that you know, the world is not a safe place and stuff like that. And, and so, you know, I think it's important to note that when people do this sort of work within themselves, that those might be some of the things that they encounter. Um, and, you know, to, to be prepared for that and then, you know, to get help if you, if you need it. Because sometimes to learn to sort of um, 
to look inside yourself and, and learn about your deeper self and go deeper and deeper into that. Um, you just need a little help. You just sort of need a guide. We all have learned to do that, not on our own. We have learned to do that through others teaching us, um, whether they're just telling us about it or kind of guiding us as we do it. Um, and so um, it's something that can be done in relationship. We're always relying on, you know, the, the strong and um, mature people in our lives to, to be able to help us to encounter difficult things. So, um, you know, if, if those are some of the thoughts or feelings that, that come up, um, just know that it's, it's possible for you to, to be able to encounter those things and, you know, to kind of deal with those thoughts. And, and sometimes that's one of the first things that you have to do is just sort of acknowledge that those are the thoughts or feelings that you're having and be able to just work on those a little bit. Because to, to continue to sort of venture deeper and deeper into your own consciousness, into awareness, into connecting with the larger self, you're going to have to believe that you're okay. And that's, that's part of what this process is working to, um, to get us to that place. And you're also going to have to believe basically that the world is okay in a, in a, in a good place ultimately. Um, and you know, what, what I find in talking with people and even in my own experience is that those are not easy things for people to believe a lot of times that they're okay. And that ultimately the world is good. Um, well, that there is good in the world, at least. Um, and so those are some of the first things I think that can come up when you start to kind of venture into this this space in your in your own self. Yeah, I think it can be it can be really hard to um, to, to to hold on to that. One one thing I like about what you said is that it's um, not only not only can a can it be helpful to talk to other people about your journey into the, your own inner world and what you're learning? It's, it's important because, at least in my own experience, when, when I've done that, you know, when you're journeying into your own inner world, you, you think that what is happening or that whatever you run across is, is just you're the only one experiencing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's been so real to me for, you know, I, oftentimes can, it, you know, in the beginning that, you know, I'd, I'd be um, kind of delving into myself and, you know, be aware of this very strong experience. And it, it does feel like you're the only one that is having that experience, you know, and that can be, that can make the process, I think, difficult but it's nice to know at some point that you know the more you start to share this with with other people everyone's having a, a pretty a pretty similar experience maybe you know in, in in a different way and in a different context but you know what we start to realize is that we're all having this human experience together you know, it, it kind of takes that aloneness out. It's good to have a check, to check and see if you're the only one experiencing this, which you are not. Um, 
and to it just encourages you and makes you feel normal, you know, to feel like other people are experiencing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's a really really helpful thing I think to to have. I think sure. everybody has this these two questions, you know, am I okay? And then is is there good in the world? Basically, and and we all have to resolve those questions on a fundamental level to be able to keep going, like journeying into the self and, and finding the larger self. You know, if you don't believe the larger self is good, you know, this, this presence that we're talking about, um, then you're not going to want to discover it. It's a really good point. It's a really good point. So, so those are some of the things that might you might encounter you will encounter when you start to do this work and you know just to be ready for that you're going to encounter the fears you're going to encounter these big questions um, because those are the things that exist at the core our core um, and uh, it's important to just work on that and and this takes time you know it takes time talking with people it takes time really trying some different things to to have experiences to get uh, deeper and deeper and, and uh, those are really important things to do and it's definitely worth worth the effort because it can help you continue to discover more of yourself which helps you connect better with the larger self and with others and uh, you know it helps peel back some of those layers that we were talking about and you know like you said um, instead of being a victim of our circumstances all of the time, being able to just continue learning mm. about ourselves. Yeah, because if we're all doing that together, you know, collectively, then, you know, our, the, the world starts looking quite a bit different, you know, if we're all, if yeah. we're all doing something similarly like that. So. If we're not, uh, if we're not, um, just trying to assert our will on the world around us and to change our safe. circumstances, but yeah, but we're but we're looking inward to be able to examine our own experience of fear, for instance, which drives a lot of violence and anger and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and when you when you think about that, you know, when you, I'm 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 reminded of when I'm when I'm doing that for for myself. Right, and I've come to the point now to where I, I'm understanding that um, that the things that I learn about any fears that I have, um, any of these things that I'm understanding about myself deeply, although they're happening in in, in, in my consciousness, um, when I'm when I'm working on that, it's also you're you're also working on the whole because everyone is you're part of the larger self exactly and so you know that's why i like the idea of of what we're talking about because when we're individually kind of dedicated to this process it's you know it's like a bunch of little coal miners you know mm -hmm. chipping away at this you know really yeah, big good. rock you know it's it's we're all working on the collective to kind of 
heal and progress and and evolve and we're doing it together i'm i'm working on 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 on, on the collective through working on my own stuff and and being more aware of my own things you are you know through doing your own work and it just you know it accelerates it by us sharing our process with one another and we're doing that together we're actively working on this collective self which helps us all progress you know yeah and evolve it's great all right so let's get into the practical application of what we're going to call meditative contemplative practices which help us connect with our deepest selves and the larger self and uh, i'm really interested in your experience i know our experiences with this sort of these sort of practices have have been different and uh you know you want to talk about how you started into that and what you did just to start out sure um I think mine has been nature, mm-hmm. being being in nature, mm-hmm. um, and I think I've been doing it all of my life, even when I wasn't consciously doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And some of those seeds were planted in me, you know, since I was a little boy. I mean, going to going to my family farm and yeah, um, camping and being in nature where. It's quiet, but there are also some. There are just so many things happening. I think those seeds were planted a long time ago, and uh, you know, there just came a point in my life where I started deliberately and consciously recognizing what was happening in those moments for me mm-hmm. uh, on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been good. It's been nature. It's it's been. It started just consciously paying attention to what is happening when I'm in nature. Mm-hmm. When I'm walking in nature, when I'm sitting quietly in nature, listening to the silence or just listening to mm-hmm. the sound of, of nature and opening to something larger that's happening, letting okay. letting the nature kind of work on me. So, you feel like, do you feel like you were kind of opening yourself up to the larger self? And, and when you're in nature, you're, that's how, how, kind of how you're in the flow. Mm-hmm. Okay, that feels good to you. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely did help me open, open to something larger, um, but that I was very, very connected to that's that was really the first kind of tangible expression of 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 what we're talking about what did nature teach you about yourself or how did you start to connect with your deeper self um, your your own inner world through the experience of your environment i think what i what I first started realizing that um, 
was that there's a deeper experience that's possible for me to have beyond um, thinking or or the brain and you know it's by you know by watching birds or squirrels or any other animal you know I mean they do what they need to do you know largely and they don't have these big huge sophisticated you know thousand mile an hour brains you know um and I think that you know it, it these are the subtle lessons that I started getting without even really thinking about it. It was just through observing. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. these birds have <laughs> small brains, but they know they know more than than I do. I mean, they know their they are connection. They are that that larger self. They are presence, and they're doing it through through a bird, and so. Yeah, it's really easy for a bird to be present. It just is a bird. Exactly. And it flies and, you know, eats bugs or or whatever, <laughs> you know, really it, it, whatever its genes kind of programmed it to do, you know. And, you know, a bird isn't, you know, um, disturbed unless it's, it's not worried. Yeah. it's it, Unless it's being... Unless its life is threatened by something, other than that, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, and it and it it really is just worried for the time that its life is threatened, sure. and then it just goes back to doing yeah what it normally does. That's probably a different discussion, but exactly. But you know, it, all this learning was happening to me. not on a thinking level, you know, necessarily. It wasn't an intellectual process. It it was like came to you. Yeah. I mean it and I think that that can happen for 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 anyone or or everyone that there is a learning that can happen way beyond, you know, the level of needing to, to think about it or having this thinking brain to analyze and think about. Just through through observing and and being being in the presence, so I could learn and connecting with that presence, that was the teacher. So through doing that, you went from having this experience of just feeling like you were your thoughts, or your your feeling, your you were in your brain all sure. the time or in your head, and an isolate quite really a very isolated experience yeah you went from that to feeling like you could just be kind of part of the larger self the larger ecosystem mm-hmm. and just be more present right is what you're saying just like the bird or the squirrel instead of living in your head exactly yeah. you know <laughs> that's great and it may sound silly but you know now i've kind of come i've come to the point to where you know Yeah, I'm starting to kind of realize that there's not a whole lot of difference between myself or an animal, aside from the fact that I have mm-hmm. a different kind of brain and I have this, you know, 
self-consciousness or whatever, but yeah, you know, on a fundamental level, we're actually really, really similar. We're all part of the ecosystem. And we all have consciousness, you know. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think my experience in jumping into or diving into kind of these contemplative uh, practices was a little bit different. I uh, I have a really noisy, small self, um, a lot of thoughts, uh, just like you. I mean. I, I can be locked up in my brain just about as well as anybody. Um, and so um, my experience kind of kind of diving into um, connecting with the presence was just through writing. Mm. I'm a writer. And uh, so just through journaling, really. Um, I was journaling. I started journaling when I was about... 20 years old regularly and um, have many, many journals that are full. And uh, that was how I would just sort of get in touch with the small self because a lot of what I was writing when I was journaling was really uninteresting stuff. (laughs) Um, It's not like I'm writing this opus. Um, Every time I sit down to write in my journal, it's, it's really just writing all of the thoughts that come to mind and all of the feelings that I'm having um, it's it's still that way um, you know 17 years later um, I'm still doing that because it's important for me to just kind of unload and clear the decks I can write down all of the things that I think and feel at that moment and it helps me sort of like shuffle those away or, or even just put them um, put them aside so that I can really connect with um, the larger self, the presence in me. And, and like I was saying before, just, just kind of help that expand within me. So that's kind of how I started. Um, and it's, although it's, 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 it's different in manifestation, in essence, it's kind of the same. I mean, you're... Mm-hmm the same as mine where you're you're in you're in this context where you're you're the observer yeah yeah because I'm writing down the things that I think and feel mm-hmm. so they are not me right um, I observe them and then I write and then I write them down and um, and then I kind of moved into starting to uh, really use uh, silence and solitude. Uh, once I, you know, it helps me to write everything down that I'm thinking or feeling, just to sort of like put that that small self stuff in a box, or it's down on the paper, and so I don't, it's not like controlling me anymore. And and then just kind of venture into silence. And I imagine for you with meditation and and contemplation that silence and solitude has played a big part in that. I feel like it's, it's essential to be able to really connect on a deeper level. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, I think for me, um, silence has been a huge, huge piece of that in, in meditation. Like in nature, you know, you, you, 
you you will you hear sounds, but um, so much there's so much in nature. There's there are, are often so many large gaps of silence in between sounds, and so um, I think that was kind of my initial lesson in starting to appreciate silence. Is that that silence is there's the presence is there. Well, the presence is always there, right? But mm-hmm. the presence really speaks through <clears throat> through silence. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. There's there's an often used term that of you know, silence speaks, and uh, you know, I think for a long time I would not have <laughs> I didn't understand what that means, and I'm still working on that, but. I'm a firm believer in that it does. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe pre- you know, presence speaks through silence. Presence is always there anyways, whether it's loud or not. But yeah. If you think about, you know, some of the people that you feel the most comfortable with, you know, when you when you're with those people and you can just be in silence, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of this deeper connection that happens in silence than when you're talking right and it's the same when you're when you're silent with your environment in nature you can just be present with it and there's this really deep connection that you can have you know instead of always exerting you know yourself um, projecting yourself or exerting your will upon your environment you're just being with it And I think, uh, so, you know, as you, as you try to practice solitude and be in silence, that's when a lot of those anxieties and, and the small self chatter comes up, it, it wells up and, uh, you have, so you have to deal with those things. Um, and then the more you kind of press yourself into silence, the more I think you're starting to go a little bit deeper and deeper into your own self. And and it's probably the silence itself is going to reveal more and more about you. What you really are and what you really are not. Yeah, which is all scary. And, uh, you know, but it's not only scary. It's also (laughs) learning about yourself. But those are, that's the place, you know, your deeper self is where those, your deepest fears or worries or anxieties reside too. So you're going to have to kind of encounter those as you, as you continue to pull back the curtains, like you were saying, um, you're going to discover some of those things and it's going to be learning and and you're going to have to, you know, continue dealing with some of those things that come up. Yeah. And just, you know, it just helps us get more and more clear on, on who we are and, and who we're not. Yeah, that's really kind of the you know, yeah. Some you know some some of the some of the basic learning. I mean, a bird doesn't live a life very well if it thinks it's a beaver. You know, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it it has to it has to know kind of know who it is and, and and what it does. Yeah, humans are are no different. We we need to know, we need to know, you know. Who we are. 
who we are, and we can't be confused um, about ourselves mm -hmm. through identifying with things that we're not. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of con we are not our fears or th or the thoughts that go on in our mind, and we are not our thoughts. So many people will judge themselves and, you know, enga engage in this shame cycle because there's a certain unpleasant thought that comes through their, through their mind. Well, this, is, uh, this unpleasant thought came to me. I'm a horrible person because I thought this. Well, no. You know. <laughs> that was just a thought that you held for a moment. Yeah. It's not you. That was that was a that was a thought that came yeah. that that came to your 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 brain you know through your consciousness but is is not you at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And we have to we have to be able to cultivate a different relationship with that kind of stuff. Otherwise, we're really confused. And then if we're really confused, we're really disturbed. Mm -hmm. And how can we be? present and go deeper into ourselves when we're caught in that confusion. Mm -hmm. So the silence will really teach you who and what you are. And there's this TV show that's called Alone. And if you want uh, to look at an example of how people learn about themselves in silence and solitude, you can watch that show and it might be helpful for you to do that because, you know, as those people are alone for 30, 60 days, I mean, truly alone, like there's no camera crews, they have to film it by themselves. Um, they don't have any interaction with any other people. Um, they're just in the wilderness by themselves. And as they do that, there's lots of different feelings, thoughts that come up because it's just happening, it's all happening in a vacuum. You know, they're interacting with their environment, that, with nature, but they're not interacting with any other people. And they, they learn a lot about themselves. And you can kind of watch the unfolding of the layers and, and you know, really learn and observe um, what's underneath all of the things that we typically have you know the layers that we have on us and uh, so that's that's kind of the same thing the silence will definitely and the and the solitude will definitely teach you about yourself so you know the the question that comes to mind for me is a huge question but I know you like this so. <clears throat> um, it's you know who are we you know, you're, I mean, you're going to learn about yourself specifically. You're going to learn about, you know, your personality maybe and kind of what your inner voice sounds like as you do this kind of thing. But, um, you know, what would you, what would you say you will discover as you go on this kind of journey? <laughs> For me, I think what I've discovered is, uh, I've discovered who I am by by realizing what I'm not. Yeah, that's cool. 
you know, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Um, you, you said before you are your presence. Yeah, I, I think on, uh, I mean, if we're going to take that question and, and really try to answer it on a fundamental level, we are just, we're just consciousness or, 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 or the presence that is, that pervades the universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a fundamental level, that's just part of that. That's right. We are part of it and we are the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> I, you know, on a fundamental level, that's kind of what I believe. And I, I guess I really only, that becomes, that idea, I have, you know, I've read, I started really reading about other people's ideas that, that, that that's what we are, that we are this eternal presence uh, a long time ago. And it started out really intellectual and really rigid for me. But as I continue to just be focused on um, just you know the, doing this this inward work and as more and more layers kind of start to peel away, and as I start to identify myself with, with less and less things, that, that idea that we are this pervading universal presence mm-hmm. becomes more and more real to me through experience of me identifying with, with less and less things that, I, that I'm just not, mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes sense. It does. You're it, kind of discarding what you're not. Sure. To get, and it's becoming less and less intellectual and more and more real. That idea is becoming more and more real. It's more experiential. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. something that you experience viscerally in your right in your body. Right. More than just your mind. Right. And from your heart. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you are. The larger consciousness it's that from which you came and that's what you're trying to get back to in a way right mm-hmm. and so a lot of this is to to kind of go off of that i think is trying to move from your head to your heart mm-hmm. right um it's it's working and living from your heart center rather than just out of your head and all the things that your head thinks yeah yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. It just, uh, you know, for me, it's really important to, to reconnect with emotion. Uh, not because emotion is the point, necessarily, or, or that we are our emotions or anything like right. that. But for me, the emotions are what help get me out of my head and back into my heart mm-hmm. center and live from that. Yes. You know, and I think... You know, when you talk about reconnecting with the heart, this isn't this isn't about um, you know we're, we're we're not saying that that emotion should become the whole of of experience or, or be the ultimate reality. Right. It's it's that it becomes recontextualized, and you know that's kind of where our intuition lives too. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that.
that's kind of what we're, we're talking more about. Yeah, in our heads, we we are judging everything. In our heads, we are making commentary on every single thing that happens. We're we're all about our thoughts, um, and our our thoughts are kind of they reign and rule in our lives. Then, and uh, whatever our thoughts say, we believe our rationality is is really what should guide us. But when we start to sort of reconnect with our emotions, I think that's a quicker way to the heart. Um, we think about our emotions as being more in our heart than they are in our heads. And, and so I think when we start to pay attention to our emotional experience, as well as just the thoughts that we have, then it can help move us from our heads to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's a good practice. Um, you know, so when I'm journaling, it's important for me not just to write down everything that I think, but to try to give words to the way I feel. And that helps move me into my heart some more. And uh, I think just, you know, working from the heart center is a better way to sort of connect with presence and, and just to be connected with that larger consciousness or awareness. So how do you, you, for yourself, how do you know that you're kind of more in that heart space? I mean, what are you experiencing that gives you the information that you're in that heart space? I think the times, you know, when I've really experienced really strong emotion, um, that helps me. That Those are the times when I feel like I'm really living from my heart center. Um, not that, you know, my mo- emotions are necessarily in control, but when I'm able to really just experience what's going on around me and, and be really connected with other people and like the experiences that I'm having in the world, that helps me know that I'm in my heart center. I get stressed out when I'm living in my head. And so um, like if my head is in charge and I'm just like guided by all of the things that I think or all of the things that I'm thinking about that I need to do or my judgments or whatever about the people around me or about the world around me. Um, I just have this experience that's like stress. It, it actually wears me out. It makes me tired. Um, but when I move into more of my emotions and kind of live in my heart or from my heart, um, it just feels so much more freeing. It gives me so much more energy. Um, and it just helps me to be really connected with everything that's going on around me. You know, the people that are, that I'm with, um, the experiences that I'm having. So it's, it's not, instead of, you know, making commentary and judgments and, you know, rational, logical arguments about everything that's going on around me, it's just about kind of being more present. Hmm. Yeah. Do you experience something similar? I mean, when you're just being present, um, what's it like for you to live from your heart center? Being being really connected to uh, to my body, feeling like I'm really yeah, in my body. Uh, that's how I know. And, <clears throat> you know, being connected to my body helps me understand and get actually really good at being, being able to pay attention to where most of my energy is in my body. Mm-hmm. Because of my personality type, you know, um, the default can be to synthesize things intellectually through my mind first. Mm-hmm. But 
through being in my body more, it helps me, first of all, be able to be more present. Mm -hmm. And out of that presence, then I'm able to kind of observe and experience and be open to what is happening. And what being present in the body has helped me get um, good at, or, or better at, I guess I should say, is being able to to feel where energy is in my body. So if I, I know that when my head feels kind of uh, tight or um, staticky, I know yeah. that I'm not really in my in my heart as much as I could be. Right. And then I've I've started trying to just consciously work on moving that space from my head to my heart. Um, you can actually kind of intend to do that. Sure, but you can't. You can't do any of that unless you have some sort of relationship and depth of connection with presence. Yeah. yeah. It's out of presence you can do all of those things. Yeah. You have to become present. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Right. You have to. You have to be consciously willing to put yourself and develop some sort of way to put yourself in a place where you can connect more deeply with presence. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, is that you start to identify more deeply with presence and that, that that's who you are mm -hmm. and start to disidentify and differentiate from... <clears throat> that which you are not, which mm -hmm. is just mm -hmm. thinking kind of stuff and, and all of that. Then mm -hmm. what, you know, when you're really started to get rooted in, in presence, then you can do some of these things, which just kind of helps you have, I think, a more robust and rich experience in this, in this world, I think. So. Yeah, another way that you can enter this sort of contemplation or, or meditation or mindfulness connecting with the presence is to really just start paying attention to everything that your body feels, all the experiences and sensations and feelings and, and emotions that your body is having. And, um, and not judging them. Yeah, and, and just, just observing them. Observe. That's a really hard thing to do. And you have to get out of, you have to get out of your brain really to kind of do that to a certain extent because your yeah. brain wants to wants to judge, judge those experiences categorize right rationalize and analyze right this isn't yeah. about that it's just observing and feeling feeling it being present is, to it exactly which is much more a heart-centered place you know when we all we need information right you need information for context and experience well, uh, you know, if we can get in more of a heart-centered place, then we can really, really get good information. Mm -hmm. You know, but we can't get good information when we're in our in our brains. And um, mm -hmm. our, you know, uh, it it almost gives us like fake information because it's because it's information that's been judged the secondary processed synthesized information right and we can't have a 
a whole experience when we're operating off of fake information. You know, I yeah. think of the media where, yeah, you know, there's fake media, the fake fake news and everything. <laughs> like, well, great, okay, it, that's a good concept because how can you have a good a good whole yeah. experience in 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 the world if you're operating off of false secondary secondary information information processed information right i mean yeah it's hard for us to do that yeah we have to be able to get our information pure and 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 unadulterated and that means that we have to be willing to experience it as it is as it comes um you know, we want we drink pure water. Why? Well, we because we know it's good for us and it will nurture us. Yeah. We want the same thing. You know, in our human experience, we want we want the purest form of information that we can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another way, another path you could take. We we talked about you can, you know, just be present in nature with the ecosystem around you. You can do some writing and kind of focus on the small self and moving it aside and getting into your heart center and then another way to do that would just be to start paying attention to everything that your body feels and not not judging it absolutely and that's that's another way to get into your heart center and connected with the presence that is all around you and what's likely to happen and you know at least in my own experience is that in the beginning in the beginning part of that process it's hard yeah, it's a lot of work because tension is 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 unpleasant, you know, in, in, in the beginning or, or, you know, this a lot of this information in the beginning starts to feel either overwhelming or overwhelming and unpleasant. Sure. But what happens is, is if we really find some meaning behind why we're doing this. And the whole meaning is just to have a better experience in this world, right? Yeah. And trusting that that will happen if we yeah. do this. Eventually what happens is that the, what once was just disturbing and overwhelming becomes just really good mm-hmm. information that, that we need to have a really good experience. Essentially, we're growing our container, mm-hmm. you know? A container doesn't judge. <laughs> the container just contains the contents, right? Yeah. Yeah. To me, the the meaning in it and uh, kind of the way that I think about it is that it's just connecting on a deeper and deeper level with the presence with myself and with others. Mm-hmm. And that's really meaningful. So well, that's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you. Hopefully, hopefully we've given you some ways to get started, um, or ways to maybe even further your journey, just connecting with the larger self. And uh, let us know about your experiences if you're just starting out on this kind of journey, or um, if you're uh, just moving a little bit further along. You can share with us kind of how your experiences or any questions that you might have. We would welcome, and uh, we hope you'll join us the next time for a single tree podcast. Yeah, I think I think feed, feedback and, and information and questions can be 
can be really good and make what we're talking about better. Once again, we're talking about you know being open to 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 information so that we can improve and grow. So yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks.